talking about storytelling when it comes to healing. And so I know we each have our stories. Everybody's got stories. I heard one, I had a client today. We were working on some amazing stuff. It was, it was amazing, but it was her story that reinforces how storytelling can help somebody heal. And so I know you've told your story on the podcast a few times. So yeah, that's what I want to do. It is talk about how it helps in healing and as I'd say, as a shaman for you and a uh, healer for me, how that can help a client. Right. And I'm okay. Let's go ahead and do the beginning because that was a really good hook. <laughs> Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, so I bring forward your guides so you can connect more easily with them, allowing you to have soul deep conversations with them whenever you want. I'm also an energy healer, past life explorer, a teacher. My goal is to empower you by teaching you these techniques that you can use on your own. We work together to find and identify the blockages to your growth and release them, inviting you to explore your possibilities. I'm available for phone and virtual sessions, and with Washington opening up, I'll be at many of the in-person events. The best way to contact me is Susie, that's S-U-S-Y, Susie at BlueLightningHealing.com. Visit BlueLightningHealing.com for up-to-date information. Blessings. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. I'm Susie Parker Goins, and I am here again with the fabulous Wyatt Larson, shaman at large, shaman about town. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, Susie. <laughs> no, that sounds like a whole bunch of jazz hands. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any spirits liking that one at all. <laughs> no, they want me to claim my power, but not be egoic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fine. So. I'll do that later. Okay, I'll do that again. Um, welcome to Blue Lightning Healing. This is Susie Parker Goins, and I am with my friend Wyatt Larson, who is a shaman. And over the course of the past, I don't know, week or so, and, and it came up in an online event that storytelling is an important part of healing. That's when I texted or messaged Wyatt and said, you need to do the podcast with me on this. And so he has agreed. So welcome, Wyatt. Tell us. Tell us all about yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. First off, thank you for having me back on here. It's always a pleasure. Um, I am Wyatt with The Wildwood Hollow. I am a shamanism practitioner using ancient and modern techniques to be able to help clients move forward in their path of healing. Storytelling is, is literally in everything. <laughs> uh, from the stories and the worlds that we create uh, in our heads, the movies, my dog is running around. We're talking about storytelling and, right. and I know it is. Well, I mean, that's how we get information passed on is through storytelling. It's the parables. The mm -hmm. Sermon on the Mount was one great big story time and it conveys lessons. And, and I don't think how we can get away from storytelling as, as part of part of the fabric of our lives. But as far as a healing tool, how do you, Wyatt, as a shaman, see telling one story as being crucial, pivotal, or part of the healing process. I know we've talked about it before in the past, the weight of words and how they can affect someone. Yeah. In a healing and the healing process, 
so back up a little bit. My teachers, when they were training me, they told us the importance of the healing story. And the healing story is the the story that you told to the client about what occurred during the healing session. So the healing story itself, really, or any storytelling that occurs can be immensely impactful. Even within our fantasy stories, uh, books, movies, there's a study a little bit ago that even though fictional characters, they're, they're fictional, but our relationship to them are real. Yeah. It can be intensely profound or intensely harmful, <laughs> depending on what occurs in the story and how the author tells the story. I myself, I grew very attached to some characters in a story recently, and you know, it got very, very intense for me. And there's a lot of lessons that I learned from these characters. And even though they're played by very real people, they were characters of their own. You know? Okay. So you're talking specifically about the critical role. I am. And, and I know we hadn't, and I, I know we hadn't talked about it on your podcast yet. So I was kind of avoiding that. <laughs> no, we don't have to, but, but when you t told me that first off, I went, Oh, you're cooler. Cause you like critical <laughs> role and, Oh, and you're even achieving higher levels of cool by saying you're a DM. And I, I feel there is a deep connection because I love looking at behind the scenes, sort mm -hmm. of um, those documentaries the making of things and so i i've been eating up those crit roll stories and this is not a sponsored podcast at all we just truly loves critical role and yes. <laughs> knowing the story behind the story and and now we're getting the story of a new story but it has it has grown beyond a bunch of friends hanging out every thursday and playing a game this has been they have seen each other through so much and it has been acted out it has been processed in the um, in the course of the game of the story, and that's what impacted me when you were talking about how you had identified so closely with them during your own grieving process. Right. I guess since we're going there, I'll tell a little bit about uh, it too. If you want to, if you don't, I, I, through your own process, and and I'd I don't know. Do you want to go there? We've it looked can at be it relevant. Okay. If it's not, we can move on. I'm okay. Oh, no, no. It, it can be very relevant and people can get a sense of how stories can really affect them too, okay. um, based off of my own story. Because when I tell my story, you know, about my cancer experience, it's it's a different kind of demon I was facing there. And, and I use right. it as the foundations, like this is how I know about this sort of thing. This is my personal experience. And so therefore I use that to help I don't think level the playing field, but to give somebody an insight into my path on my process mm -hmm. there too. So mm -hmm. I had to deal with the family history we have with cancer, my mother and my sister. And, oh, and then there's my aunt who had a spinal tumor for 10 years and was in a wheelchair and, and all that. So, and some people are like, wow, other people cry. And that's not the point to make them cry or to put me up on a pedestal. It's like, no, see, healing can happen and it happens at different levels at different places yeah. and from amazing sources and that for me is what struck me as so poignant with your process is that this D&D &D game it, <laughs> it it was an incredible catalyst for you it yeah it really was and uh, you kind of hit it right on the nose too that everyone's healing story is going to be very unique to them mine so happens to be a story woven within a fictional story <laughs> yeah at least for myself 
and healing, healing, like you said, can be found in so many different places and so many different varieties and paths and ways to do it. Storytelling itself, uh, whether it's been Dungeons and Dragons or books or movies, whatever, storytelling itself has been around for eons, just like music. They kind of partnered together. A song is a story put to a beat, really. Yeah. That's what it is. And within shamanic cultures, the elders usually are the storytellers. They're the teachers. They pass on the information through oral history, through stories. (laughs) And how do you understand something? It's through a story that your parents told you or grandparents, or if you saw it online, even in an article, they sometimes weave certain words into, into the article itself to create imagery in your mind. And that's what a story is. I find that in, when I have a client, you know, everybody does that well. I do a sort of an informal intake. I don't have a form, but I ask them, how can I help you today? And that frequently opens the door for someone to talk about, well, this is what I'm going through and this is what I want to know. And that gives me a place to start with when it comes to which guides or what aspect of divine is going to come through to help the client. My meditations don't necessarily have a story to them. There's a path to them you start here you go here Mm. you give up that you bring in that then you come back out does a journey i don't i don't know if i've ever really journeyed with you i don't know if there is a story behind that if there is a story that's woven into your journeying not really Uh, when i do my own journeys sometimes they will create a story which in spirit talk is a metaphor (laughs) yeah yeah as we all know at this point you know, spirits love to talk in their metaphors, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's, I guess the way that I perceive it isn't so much a story. It's how I tell it after to whoever I'm journeying for, you know. If I came across a fox and the fox was dancing and I saw it was around a bonfire with wooded area and this fox became the stars, you know, there's definitely a story and metaphor within this journey that I experienced that I'm now telling the client and that symbology might have meaning or might create its own story for the client so so there's the experience and then there's the story of the experience I feel that the story allows the one who is doing the healing who has the healing happening it allows them a a framework in which to to process the information because I, my guide seldom come through with, you know, like a clipboard and, and cat's eye glasses and a <laughs> pen just going, so this is what you need to do this and this and this and this, they will take me or take anyone along this path so that it is in the retelling that the healing happens. Storytelling. I, I find that as I tell a story, you know, I, I, I craft stories and I usually have a punchline, but there are times where that being able to tell my story has, um, we talked about scarring, emotional and, and physical scarring in the shadow work episodes. And so I feel that as I tell my story, it reminds me of where I've been. It, it integrates it a little bit more, mm-hmm. kind of healing it a little bit more. I don't feel like, and and and, and even then in the retelling, I, I still find I still have those revelations like, oh, that's his job. Of course, he's not emotionally invested because working in that industry, working in the cancer industry, oh my gosh, you would have to yeah. have your own 
personal therapist walking along with you if you became that attached to it. It's in the telling of one's own story, whether it's heard or not, because I am notorious for replaying scenarios in my head. And, and sometimes I will change that story. And that was the phrase I used throughout my cancer experiences. I have to change the end of the story. Mm -hmm. So that's a crucial tool. So storytelling for you, I know you've been quite open with this podcast on your own personal experience. Has that helped you in any way? I know it's a rather, I would like to think this is a really public forum, <laughs> <laughs> but has it helped you any further, any more in your, in your process? Mm, storytelling? Uh-huh. Or maybe telling your particular story or storytelling in general? I have to say yes, it always does. In very, very interesting ways. So storytelling allows us to touch onto topics in a safe space that we have trauma from or that we experience pain around, you know. Uh, that's why D&D is so cathartic is we're able to yeah. enter yeah. into the body of a character to touch trauma or pain or guilt, grief, whatever we're going through to touch that wound in a safe space as a character that is outside of our day-to-day -day persona. And frequently those characters are so empowered, whether mm -hmm. it's with magic or with these special weapons or tools. Yeah, yeah. So being a DM myself, I'm experiencing this with my own players. You know, a lot of them, uh, one of my players, his character is going through a realization that his entire past has been decimated by a war that he wasn't present for. They had entered into the Feywilds for 12 days and came back and a year had passed. And during this time, a war occurred and his kind of hometown was kind of decimated. But in this area that he was, he was being abused and whatnot by this monastery that he was a part of. He's a monk. And so he is part of this monastery. And now a character from the past who doesn't like him is now hunting him down. And he's having to deal with the pain of losing his friends and not really realizing the damage that the war had really had on it. And then now having to deal with an old mentor that no longer or never really liked him. In addition to that, my friend is also going through some... Uh, interesting experiences in this life that he's using and allowing his character to feel into. And so it's really interesting to see my own character or my own characters, my own players experience this, even yeah. though like I experienced a form of it <laughs> uh, about a year ago. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, we used D&D while I was sick. We would gather either one place or another and I didn't, well, there could have been times. My character, Isus, was a dwarf rogue who didn't understand what rogue meant. So I would get caught up with my friend who was, what was it? She was aligned lawful good, and I was neutral. And so there were times it would just be like, hey, yeah, I'm killing this. I'm good. I'm going to stay here. And then we find out that I missed an opportunity to go ransack someplace. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that's what I could do. Oops. But it was, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many magical items? But during the course of it, it was having people come, having people see me for who I was at that time. So there were times I would I would phase out, you know, I would take a nap left and right, and they were all okay with it. They would just 
talk quietly and the game pretty much stopped until I decided to wake up and mm-hmm. it was just a, a, a group of friends who were hanging out and supporting me. It would, I don't know if it, it, it normalized the situation. I think it did, but there wasn't any fear surrounding it and it was a game I enjoyed. So that for me, I was still separate from the game and we still had fun with the game, but I didn't have to process what was going on for me. It wasn't, I didn't use that as a tool. But now we can tell stuff, tell stories about it. And I can remember how much fun we had. Like we were in this cave that had a whole bunch of undead there. And it wasn't until like, I don't know, 30 minutes into this encounter. We're all going, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. Holy crap. <laughs> and and my friend Karen pulls out this sheet of paper that said our base was a bakery. And she said, ah, muffins from the skin of the undead. <laughs> it was then that we all went, here, have it, have it, have it. And we got through it. <laughs> But it's that sort of a story that that stuck with me more as opposed to hearing somebody who's had had their gaming day and they tell me, oh, yeah, I was big and I threw this horse at the bad guys and blah, 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 blah. And so it's it was a different impact on me. I don't think I needed to process the experience. I just had it was more important for me for the in real life situation. So when it comes to being a healer and using stories there what's the best way for one to hold space for the storyteller Mm, for the storyteller. So as a healer, you are the storyteller. And when you perform a healing for a client, um, it is important for the client to listen with open ears and open heart, of course, because this healing is, excuse me, the story that you are listening to from the healer slash storyteller is the story of how you are healed. Um, many times I <laughs> won't say like, oh, I removed this inky black goop from your heart. But I'll say, you know, a negative energy was released from uh, this heart that you no longer need. And then if they want to say like, oh, what did it look like? Then I can get into it. But okay. You know, it's the words and how it is. And then when it comes to the symbolism of, you know, the power animal that uh, I brought back for a client, what does the power animal power animal mean to you? You know, a hawk to one person is different to another person. Right. They portray very different powers, if you will. So when you're listening to it in that aspect, have an open heart and open mind. Open mind. Now, is the healer listening to? the client as a storyteller again have an open heart and open ears because this is the story that you are about to reweave if you will this is a story story that you're you're stepping into yep like exactly there's no dice involved but you're still stepping into their quest Mm -hmm. you're stepping into their quest i have talked about uh the norse side of magic and sealer as I've talked about it before, where there is the veered, which is the tapestry of life and experience and fate and destiny. And then you have the orlog. And the orlog is your own personal string that weaves and attaches to everyone else to create this tapestry. So every single orlog or every single string is a single person. Now, when you come across and you cross paths with another person as a healer, you're able to snag and reweave their story to create a better story for their future, to create a better healing. So you're literally rewriting the weave for this person. 
Yeah. And that is what Seether or magic is. That's what healing is, is you're rewriting their story and allowing them to take hold of that and to become that golden thread to where they're able to reweave and relearn and re-empower themselves for something much greater in the future. In in my own mind, I'm I'm like, well, no, I won't say that, but I, uh, <laughs> well, I want to want to cover like how we can be heroes in our own story, but there are times where you don't feel heroic, but sometimes heroism is just breathing that next breath mm-hmm. or getting through that emotion or just getting up out of bed. I think realizing that we are heroes in our own story, that we are also the ones that we are saving. When we incorporate that into our own stories to see how far we've come, I encourage clients to look to see where were you six years ago? Where were you then? And now where are you now? And then I work with them to see their ideal self. What what do you see as your ideal self, your best self? Mm. And then there are those conversations in which you talk to that future version of yourself to find it out. So that's a way to read your own story, to experience your own story. I know I have clients who also like to see the end of the story right now. They kind of want to skip that middle part. Yep. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. I rarely ever get my cards or hand read for this reason, because it takes me out of the present. And in the present, we have that that's where power is found. And so a lot of people who are like, oh, I just want to skip this and move on to when I'm already there. Okay, how are you going to get there? What is the story? What is between now and then, you know? You have many different days, many different hours, many different seconds, each with a story of their own, and you're skipping out on the power in that. But I do have to say, you know, back when I was in grade school, which really wasn't that long ago, honestly. Yeah, rub it um, in. And I'm 25 and I have a healing practice. I'm impressed. (laughs) Time and age means nothing. (laughs) When I was in grade school, I would wish and wish and wish like, oh, I wish I was an adult. Oh, I wish I had moved out of the house. Oh, I wish this. I wish that. I wish I was a senior, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. But that wishing took me out of the present, took me out of what I was experiencing and what I wanted to experience. And now I sit here, I'm like, Wow. That was a lot of fun. I wish I could experience that again. Go back and experience it one more time. And then that also brings me out of the present because it puts me in the past and wishing about going back to the past. So the downside of trying to move in either direction when you should just be staying right here. Being in the present, I know, is most important because you can see those moments. But when the present is so hard, when one is in such pain, I I can't help but think there is some benefit to know that something happens and that understanding we all create our own reality and Mm -hmm. that where we send our thoughts that where that's where the energy goes and not to blow sunshine up anybody's dress pants skirt whatever not to blow sunshine up anything but to give someone something to hold on to some goal because goals are what help you it's frequently you say, yeah, this is where you want to be, but it's how you get there. That's your choice. Right. It's making it hard or making it or easy or, or questioning everything. I have folks that I've got the t-shirt that says, no, wait, let me overthink this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that certainly takes one 
out of the present so that so that you can't make those choices. What is the power of the present that keeps you here so much? What is that power? They're throwing the questions at me. So it's like, let's let's ask Wyatt. I I think it's different for everyone. My own power I find within stories and storytelling and costuming and my healing practice and getting creative painting, everything else, you know, that that's where my power is. But for some people like my my mom, she's very mathematical minded. She finds her power in math and numbers and seeing God and the universe through the eyes of math. And it's a very interesting way to look at it because I'm not mathematical by any means. <laughs> there is that uh, elegance to it, that divine elegance. I know people are scientists mm -hmm. love, or some people love to say that science doesn't recognize God or whatever, but there is that elegance. I think that might be the power of the present is to see that higher power, whatever, however that manifests to you, whether it is a pantheon or the or the the Christ consciousness or divine feminine or or a fire or a plant or just an a, an elegant mathematical equation. It's finding that piece of that that glimmer of of divine coming at you. But it's got you've got to be in this moment. You can't be thinking about mm -hmm. I need to do the laundry. Holy moly, it's raining. I need to go do I need to close the car windows, blah, or pull in laundry. That is, I think, the power of the present is being able to see those glimmers, whether it's hope or divine or the coherency of existence in that moment. You can tell the stories about this is you as a child or this was you as you're old or whatever which kind of gives you those selvage edges on your, your tapestry of life, if you will. If yep. that's an, is that an adequate metaphor? Okay. <laughs> I can see it that way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I really, so. I really like that, you know, finding the, the power in the present moment is the divine and your connection to it, no matter how that spark may manifest, you know, uh -huh. I really like that. That's a good way of putting it. So it's in telling the story that we find our path, we get to see where we've been, and then we can write our own stories. Fictionalized characters can take on those traits that we wish we had and we can step into it. How many stories have been written, like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty or, um, oh, that's the only one that comes to mind. It's somebody who uses their imagination to create alternate realities in the course of the story, usually it's used for a sense of, of humor for the comedic timing, but there are, we, we could create those stories for ourselves and live them. I, I have a lot of fun providing my own background music, my own soundtrack when I'm like driving <laughs> along, da -na 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 -na. will she make it through traffic and all that. So being our own hero, I think that's important that we have that trust in ourselves and in, in believing that we are able to to succeed or to get through whatever scenarios we put ourselves through. Right. I, so I have a few different topics I want to touch on actually that you just talked about, but the, cool. the, let's just stick with the first one. Heroes aren't made heroes. You know, they are forged with the pain that they have to go through before they reach that. You know, we, are the heroes of our own story, no matter how we're experiencing it, no matter how hard it is, even when we're in our disempowered state, you know, how many heroes story-wise, whether it's in comics or D and D or 
movies or whatnot, how many heroes have sat there at the bar with a shot of whiskey or are crying on the sideline or, you know, whatever, trying to dissociate. And then someone comes and picks them up, gives them some grand piece of advice, and then their life starts to turn around. They have to find that path. And your own path isn't just going to randomly come about or you're not going to come out of a womb as a healer on your own or healer, excuse me, hero on your own. Yeah. You know, you have to find that path. You have to get to it and be forged into it. I like that. Yeah. Heroes aren't always made on their own. Sometimes it takes another hero to come along, somebody who has had a similar experience to share mm -hmm. that story. And that's so that that's circling back around to what we said at the beginning. I share my story. You share your story and clients share their stories with us as healers. So it is in, in, in that imagery of the tapestry, how we're all threads in the same tapestry of, of life, how we all come together to make a grander picture is, I think, one of my favorite images right now is how we all are stepping together, how we're all weaving and winding our way around. And it does frequently take another hero to tell you, yeah, you can do this. And that's where that storytelling mm -hmm. heritage comes from. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I know within my own experiences, honestly, when I first started my path of shamanism and I was out there uh, with my teachers learning how to journey, this is the first thing that they teach you. You're, you know, <laughs> you have to journey before you do anything. I was in there and I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, it is this something I can see myself doing. And then um, Rox, Roxanne, my teacher, she came and sat at the table I was eating lunch at at the time. And um, we got to talk and she's like, you know, I can see you doing this. I can I can see you in the future doing a healing work or shamanism and you really fit the role. And you know, I sat there and I kind of thought about it and I was able to reflect on my own life. And I'm like, I kind of do fit the role. Yeah. You know, what I experience, what I do, what I've done, it just fits. And so I think when we're relating that to the hero's journey or the hero's story, the sometimes you have to be given permission from an external source to be yourself. Yes. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people will hate that because they want to be self-empowered, but we are creatures of connection. Sometimes having someone who's outside of you say, I can see you doing this might help push you towards what you're supposed to be doing. I like that phrase. I can see you doing it because what happened has happened to me is people say, you should do this. You know, you mm -hmm. should, you should do that. And I was like, uh, no. And that's all it takes for me to dig in my heels and resist is somebody telling me what I should do. So I can see you doing this, I think would have, I, I think that's a more empowering phrase that still says, yes, I can see one of your optional futures and I can see you doing it, but I could also see you doing that or that or that, however it remains your choice. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now we're getting thunder. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, living in Texas, we would have lightning storms. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God. They were amazing. There was one time I saw when it was a wagon. It was a wheel and it just flew out. But, oh, no. you know, we don't get many lightning storms up here. We, we get maybe a shot or two of lightning every so often. But thunder, I haven't heard that for a while. That yeah. thunder that like shakes you out of your bed. Okay. I miss thunder so much. Colorado would have it at three o'clock yeah. every day with the thunderstorms. 
the daily thunderstorms. Wow. Yeah. During the summer. Oh, I miss it. We've had thunder three times in the past two years. Here in yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so noteworthy when it does happen. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the hero's journey, that's different than the hero's story, isn't it? Well, the hero's journey within like creative writing, yeah. uh, you, you can see it in all the, wow, what are those called? I was going to say the fates and that's definitely not like the right. Greek mythologies. I mean, um, Iliad and yeah. The, are you the... talking those? I am talking those. <laughs> I have a, an epic story, the epics. Okay. There we go. Anyway. Yeah. So like in the Iliad or the Odyssey, those are epic stories, you know, you can see very precisely, you know, the threshold, what, you know, what occurred to push that, character out into the world and then you see kind of the fall and the climax and then everything else and you see like what is going on within the hero's journey you know we all have those and we experience them many times in our lives uh, yeah so how can we be the hero in our own stories i see that as you know say you're it, it doesn't always have to be in you don't always have to be in that horrid situation you can be your own hero by just in your day-to-day -day life. So how was I a hero to myself today? Yeah, we're going to have to look at that some other way. Because <laughs> today was just kind of, yeah. you know, I I walked around Everett Community College campus when I could have just walked 50 feet to get where I needed to be. But, you know, and maybe it's the attitude of coming in. It's like, well, I got some steps in today. Okay. I let somebody right. help me. Yeah. I personally have an issue with being the hero in your own story and choose my words very carefully um because like i said earlier the hero is not always empowered you know they even within stories you know some mm -hmm. some of them lose their powers and they're not empowered they're they're at their lowest and really it's maybe how how else do i like to put it like what can i do what's the next right step what's the next right thing you know okay pulling from the wonderful story of frozen two <laughs> was the next right thing um but it's really true you know i think the next step like when you're even in the hard depths of grief or despair you know what's the next right thing having the courage to move forward i, I think, think like again a hero is forged you know but you are the hero. You are the protagonist of your own story. It's just taking the steps to get there. So what's the next right step? What's the next right thing to do? And with each step, you'll get there. Yeah. It, it, it's what's the next right step keeps you in the present. It keeps you in the moment so that you're not saying, okay, are we talking a baby step or a giant step or whatever? What's the next <laughs> thing to do? Because sometimes, you know, it's, there are days when I'm, when I'm exhausted and I'm trying to walk up a hill, it's like, okay, let me just get to that crack in the pavement. Let me get to that particular mm -hmm. fence, you know, or whatever. And I've noticed that I don't have to do that so much, but still, what is that next thing I can do? I think that's particularly useful when one is experiencing some really rough challenge. I've, I've worked with somebody who was really depressed and I said, okay, what can you do right now? Can you just pick up one cup? 
how about you just go get that paperwork and we'll look at it. You don't have to do anything with it. Let's just, and stayed with them mm. and staying with yourself as you do things. Cause not everybody has got someone they can call or tap on to get you through that. But if you can stay with yourself long enough to say, okay, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next right thing I can do? Doesn't mean yeah. you're exclusively taking care of yourself. You can reach out when it's, when you can, but sometimes it just doesn't, some, there have been times when I thought, oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> you know, I just, oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not easy sometimes no to, but to recognize that we call life but to recognize you're part of a tapestry you're part of a greater weaving i am so in love with that that we are weaving our way through our lives and telling the story which harkens back to the fates string doing the string and the thread of your life and they'll cut it when they need to or whatever but it is i think it is all part of part of that community that creates this tapestry that we call life mm-hmm and knowing too that you can, in a tapestry, there's multiple threads. You're not the only tapest, or excuse me, you're not the only thread in this tapestry. So reaching out is absolutely okay, fine, necessary. If you're having a really, really tough time, I have felt disempowered quite a bit in the past year. It has taught me quite a bit. But the difference of me then and me now is, you know, I was. I, I got the courage to reach out for help, whether it's to a friend or to a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Had many great conversations with my therapist. And you know, to be, to be able left. to pull back to, to the camera zooms out, if you will, and, and you can see the whole tapestry, the greater picture of it. Because mm -hmm. that's what I think is going to be happening in the next few months is that we're all going to go, hey, what a year. What and then to be able to pull back and say, Oh, look, I grew here, I grew there, and and I changed that around and that dynamic. Yeah, I didn't need that one anymore. And so to be able to pull out and see the grander picture, but not to live there or to not live in that microcosm, you know, you get to find that balance of where you're at. But remembering you are a thread in, in this greater tapestry we call life is for me, that's really empowering to think of. It, I do too. I, I, I don't know. I have this, this amazing image in my head and, you know, some people reach farther than others and others just reach their community. And it doesn't matter really because yeah. each one is looped by some thread and it all connects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Hmm. Okay. Do you have anything else about it? Cause this is kind of random. I must admit. <laughs> Well, it is, and it, it's actually bringing forward a lot of topics that we could talk about in the future if we wanted to. <laughs> Let me uh, know. There was one thing, and I forgot what it was. You were talking about the hero not always being empowered. Uh, not a mentor, but I know mentors are nice, but that person who comes up and says, come on, you can do it, whoever that appears to be, whether it's the mentor, the, the wizard, or the little kid who's drooling on themselves or whatever, but having somebody yeah. support you what else did we tell I, I think story? i remember now so you were talking about like you know and i think we just like glossed over it because you had a different a different i name. went in different ways yeah so thanks <laughs> for do. reeling us back in <laughs> oh this is you know an hour ago it's fine um <laughs> the what to do when the present moment is too hard yeah you said something along those lines 
Um, and then I'm like, oh, well, this is what I did. But the, I think if the present moment is too hard and you don't want to head towards the future or the past because the power is in the present moment, then shift what you're experiencing in the present moment for a time. So instead of experiencing your pain and only your pain and grief, despair, sadness, whatever it is you're going through, shift to a temporary story, to something that is happening in the current moment. You know, some people like to read, some people like to, you know, D&D is a great thing to do because it's still in the present moment. You don't know what's about to happen in your character's future. You don't know what's going on in the past. You're just immersed into the present moment, but in a different story. So it's a different so, layer of the reality. It is. You know, different layer. Take okay. yourself out of the current reality into a different one. Non-ordinary reality. It's not ordinary by any means. And no. I experience non-ordinary reality when I journey. D&D yeah. or storytelling, a different aspect of non-ordinary reality. That's good. I think experiencing okay. and shifting. Shifting, yeah. Your currently consensus reality will be there, but if you can take yourself out of it, I, I feel it gives you a different perspective. Mm. Those tools available, you can take a moment and get clarity on it. Yeah. And then you, you can, can dive back in. Yep. It all remerges at some point. Okay. As long as you're not dissociating fully. You know, that that's the thing that a lot of people have a hard time with too is like just dissociating fully and not wanting to yeah. understand or deal with the life and then they create a whole new persona because they can't deal with the grief that the old persona had and there's yeah. that fear we've talked about the fear of uncovering so this is all a part of shadow work i can see storytelling mm -hmm. as as being integral to walking the shadow path to get you through that moment so that you can find a different one so being afraid of the fear we've we've talked about how it's sometimes not as bad as you think sometimes it is but it is something that in order for growth to happen there are sometimes you do need to be in your story yeah absolutely but you don't have to be there alone no nope <laughs> even though so with a little bit of my uh, background in my story you know it i was physically alone but i wasn't alone because when i was going through that grief you know i stepped back and i watched critical role and I wove myself into that story. And then I was able to step back into my own role with different eyes. Small adjustments here and there. Yeah. And it got me through. Sometimes so a it, small one is all you need. Yeah. To shift it just enough. Yeah. I was yeah. physically alone, but yeah. I wasn't alone in my healing. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I was going through my cancer again. And I think I wasn't immersed in other people's stories. But those times when, say, I was watching, my husband, my daughter, and I would sit on our on our bed and watch RuPaul's Drag Race or Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. And so there was the humor behind that. But it allowed me to mo the moment to do that, the zoom out and see that I had my daughter with me. I was changing the way my story went compared to the way my mother's story was, where we were shut out. But I included the family, and so they got to see me through the process. Yeah, that had its own traumas attached to it, some of the things they had to experience. It still kept me in that reality in which I could see that this was a healing experience for me and to have the family included. That was important to me. So there's all sorts of stories that can be told, whether it's your, one's own story or listening to another story or just a TV story or, or whatever. And that's all part of the healing when you're able to find a story you connect with. Yeah. And that's 
all you really need is that connection. Well, I think I'm good. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you, Wyatt. I really appreciate you coming on. If you could throw at us um, your contact info again and any plans you have coming up. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Wyatt Larson. I'm a shaman with my own business, The Wildwood Hollow. You can find me at thewildwoodhollow.com or shoot me an email at thewildwoodhollow at gmail.com. Yeah, I have wonderful sessions and working with amulets and I currently have a few different crystals and uh, wands and things up products that I'm selling and it's time to let the energy move on. Currently, uh, I came across a little snag with my class for journeying, so that is going to be pushed out a little bit. Um, I don't know when it's going to come out, but I think I'm going to do a in-person class and then record that and then I'll be able to put that up. So Cool. And, um, and all those details are going to be yeah. at thewildwoodhollow.com. Correct. We just did the Crystal Skull Council panel on for Miwi. That we was did. that was so cool. And anyone can access that or any of the Miwi online events at joinmiwionline.com and I, I know it's on my website. I don't know if you have your calendar yep. events. Okay. So it's on both of our websites and also the Miwi website which I don't know off the top of my head. Thank you so much. And this is Susie from Blue Lightning Healing. And until next time, blessings. They're not going to see you wave, honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>